So welcome to another episode of the Go With John show. Today, we have Celie Colley with us. Welcome. Why, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. So, so Celie, tell us a little, and it's C period Lee. Correct. Not Celie. So I have to, you have to <laughs> n- know how to, how to say it. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Tell us, what's the name of your company? So uh, I have two businesses, Simplify mm-hmm. You, which is residential professional organizing, and uh, CeliCauley.com which is my education component. So tell us a little bit about your organizational company. So um, right now it's a bit of hiatus Mm -hmm. because I'm going in a new direction. Mm -hmm. So um, I have been a residential professional organizer in the D.C. metropolitan region for Mm -hmm. nearly 20 years. I am a certified professional organizer, mm-hmm. which uh, there are less than 400 of us worldwide. Wow. Yeah, I've been a profe- uh, certified since 2008, mm-hmm. um, and we have to have continuing education credits. And So let's talk about that, because yeah. I'm a real estate professional, and I have to do CE all the time. So how do you become a certified professional organizer? Right. So when I did it, you had to have 1,500 hours of uh, transferring your skills to another person mm. um, within three years' time. Wow. Which was quite a lot. And yeah. so when I finally, I had a banner summer um, in 2008, just before things changed, and I added up my hours. And I'm like, I think I have 1,517 hours. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I studied. I spent took the month of October off, and I studied, and I, I this was when we drove to a testing center. I mm-hmm. went, and on Halloween, two thousand eight, I went and took my test, and it was a pass fail test, and they were very kind and told me that I passed on the way out. So wow. I had a stellar Halloween. That's um, great. Yeah, and it's just it's a wonderful community. Um, I think all professional organizers are very much collaborators. Mm-hmm. We all work together. We learn from each other. We're sharing products and services. So mm-hmm. yeah, and especially in the DC region, I think we're a really tight knit community. Mm-hmm. So. so how many are here in the DC? Oh area? golly, in my um, chapter, uh, the DC Metro chapter of the National Association, there are over 100 members, mm-hmm. probably 20 are business partners, and the rest are professional organizers. And those are just the people who actually invest in being part of a trade association. Right, there are right, a lot right. of others. I mean, for good or bad, anybody can call themselves a professional organizer. Not mm-hmm. anybody can call themselves a certified professional organizer, right. but right, right. there are a lot of people, you know, we're a female-based industry mm-hmm. that are kind of just like I was at the time, a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do I want to do when I grow up? And because I was organized, I thought, well, let me try this. And this was back in 2003 mm-hmm. when I would tell people at events, so oh, I'm an organizer. They'd say, oh, for what trade association? Right. They thought I was a labor organizer. Right, right, you know? right, right. It was just at the beginning. Yeah. So I feel lucky that I was at the kind of the crest, the beginning of that before the waved crest. And mm-hmm. I feel like in my entire career, I've been able to be just slightly ahead of the curve. That's where you got to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. So, so, so uh, that's an important field. I think organization is everything. Uh, I would agree with you. I think organization productivity is becoming much more recognized mm-hmm. um, in our field as well, which I, is fantastic. I think that the there's a trend now, and certainly I um, in my business I do this as well for kind of just the Instagram visual. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think that that's okay because that's aspirational. Mm -hmm. And so I certainly put, you know, I do the beautiful boxes, pretty labels, mm -hmm. um, but it's got to be functional. So function trumps aesthetics every sure, time, right? Sure. You've got to be able to maintain it. So when you organize folks, are you, because because when I hear about organization, I think from a business perspective, mm -hmm. you know, I need to, and, and Nick knows, I've got to be organized. And if my little world starts to get out of kilter, then everything uh, falls apart for me. So there's, there's the business aspect of organization. And then there's the you know, the home mm -hmm. aspect of like having your towels and your kitchen organized and things. So where do you, where do you spend your energy when you're working with someone? So I, um, almost always start in the kitchen mm -hmm. because the kitchen's the heart of the home. And uh, what I do a lot of is I call it move in perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we move people in the right way, right away. Mm -hmm. And so we always start in the kitchen because, yeah. and it's interesting because we all have plates and forks and dishes, but everyone's unique and individual. So I'm asking them questions like, Oh, drink, do you drink or tea or coffee? Mm -hmm. Are do you, are you right or left-handed? Mm -hmm. How tall is the tallest person? You know, all of these things. Well, um, how tall is the shortest person? Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> that too. So, so, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, in my life path and you asked me about life lessons, mm -hmm. um, I realized it's I'm I'm on lucky number eight. I'm in my eighth career now. How many careers have you had, John? Oh my gosh! I mean, so painting one, yep. water damage, marketing three, real estate four, home building five, farmer six. I, I can probably get to eight. Yeah. It seven, podcaster eight. There we go. I, there you go. <laughs> I think that that's. I love this because I think that. Um, in every career I had, I learned something mm -hmm. essential that gave me, uh, that helped me lead me to the next one. And not mm -hmm. all of them were logical progressions, right? Right, 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 right. right. Um, but it's, so um, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Yes. Okay. Be ready? I'm ready. I was Morgan Freeman's mistress. No way. Yes, I was his wardrobe mistress on Driving Miss Daisy off Broadway in wow. the mid '80s. Yeah, wow. I saw Morgan Freeman in his underwear twice a day if it was a matinee <laughs> and an evening show. So that's fantastic. Yeah, so I actually got my uh, degree in costume and set design. Right. Um, in '85, I'm not ashamed to say, um, and moved to New York City. It was in upstate New York, uh, in SUNY Purchase mm -hmm. in Westchester and moved to New York City. And one of my, that was one of my first jobs. And it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, working with true professionals off Broadway. And it's interesting because I, at the time I was also, because it was a short show I had, I was able to work in other ways. And so I was a personal assistant to some very wealthy people mm -hmm. in New York. And the life lesson I learned from that was that money doesn't make you happy, mm -hmm. right? I saw people that were unbelievably wealthy, Goldman Sachs partners, et cetera, mm -hmm. and they were not happy people. And that was such a great thing to learn at a young age mm -hmm. um, that that's certainly been a life lesson that I took with me. So those are two of the careers. Then I uh, was also a costume designer and I worked for the Joffrey Ballet and the Juilliard School. Wow. Um, yes. And I mean, at the age of 25, fantastic. This is funny. So I went to the Juilliard School and they're like, oh, show us your designs. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm like, here they are. And everything has to be 
custom-dyed silk chiffon. And I was waiting for the laugh because mm-hmm. who can afford custom-dyed silk chiffon? I've right. been doing off-off Broadway stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there was no laugh. Yeah. And then I was like, and quite honestly, I think I'm going to have to hire myself to do the custom dyeing. And again, they were like, okay. So I, I was able to have the Juilliard School create my designs. I custom designed, dyed my own silk chiffon. You probably couldn't have had a better working situation. Mm-hmm. And yet on opening night, it was a custom uh, commissioned piece, brand new, New York Times, opening night, the curtains open. And instead of feeling like, ah, oh, there's my creative genius at work, yeah. all I could think of was like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? I've seen it a thousand times. Right. <laughs> I want to go get a cocktail. And that was a real epiphany for me mm-hmm. because I thought, wow, if here at this point in my career, which is quite a, quite, you know, advanced at the age of 25, that's what I'm thinking. Then maybe this isn't what I should be doing. Very clearly. Right? Yeah. And exactly. just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. Yep. And that was, an, that was another huge life lesson I learned. And the choreographer said, we've been invited to Seattle Ballet to mm-hmm. another commissioned piece. She thought we were a team. And I was like, uh, guess what? I'm not going. That's I've decided I'm not going to be a costume designer. She's like, yep. how can you? I'm like, because it didn't make me happy. My mm-hmm. only role models were, you know, at the time on Broadway, women who were unmarried, whose mm-hmm. best friends were their cats because mm-hmm. they gave everything to their careers, or gay men. And I really wanted to have a husband and a family. Right. And I didn't see a role model for me in that um, world. So so I, I stopped. So already I'm 28 and mm-hmm. I've gotten through three of my careers. That's right? incredible. Um, yeah. So I met. And that's, and that's called yeah. being true to yourself. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I met my now husband. We've been, we'll be married 30 years in May. Congratulations. And he's fantastic. And he moved, he got a job offer in Boston. And so we moved to Boston. I didn't know, I didn't have any friends. I wasn't in the theater anymore. I didn't have any connections. So I just kind of had to reinvent myself. Um, and so I just, I started working in retail. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was able to work my way up. And when we moved to New York, I worked at the Chanel Boutique in Manhattan. I've never made so much money and done such little work in my life. <laughs> Commission-based sales, yeah. fantastic. Well, hopefully they just raised their commissions. <laughs> I hear the price of a Chanel bag went from five I to 8000 <laughs> Yes. <laughs> hopefully they're taking care of their sales reps yes, in that, too. Yeah. Um, but that was a, a great opportunity because then when we moved to England, my husband went to Cambridge University, got his doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, when we moved to England... I was I had this lovely ability to say, oh, I worked at the Chanel Boutique in Manhattan mm-hmm. and got a fantastic job working in a very high-end, managing a very high-end exclusive clothing boutique there. And it was so interesting because this was the 90s in England, and customer service did not exist. Um, people would come into the shop and they'd be like, oh, do you have that in a size 6? I was like, oh, I don't see it here. Just let me run down to my you know, inventory spot. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 don't go out of your way. I'm like, it is my job to serve and sell to you. Mm -hmm. This, Mm -hmm. I I didn't do my job because I should know whether I have that in a size six available. Mm -hmm. So what I did 
is, and I think you mentioned earlier that you're organized. I just created like an inventory spreadsheet that was mm -hmm. really easy for myself and my employees to manage. And I showed it to a couple of my other colleagues who are also managing other boutiques in mm -hmm. this um, uh, franchise. And they're like, oh, can I get a copy of that? And that was when you had to like go and Xerox it. This was before right. anybody had laptops. And uh, lo and behold, I won like a gold customer service award for a simple spreadsheet, but it just helped us do our jobs better. Mm -hmm. And so... Organizing is in your blood. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So when we moved back to America in 2000, and I had the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom for a short time, um, and that was fantastic as well. One of the things I'm most proud of in my life is that I was one of the founding members of Mona, Mothers of North mm -hmm. Arlington, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is, I think, 2,700 people strong now. Wow. And they have men and women. So, um, but, And people are like, well, Mothers of North Arlington, well, we had started as uh, Moms Club International, but we got too many members and they needed us to split. And we're like, wait, we can just start our own right. mothers group. <laughs> and it just so happened that we all lived in North Arlington, and one of my best friends' name is Ramona, Mona. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, like, what about Mothers of North Arlington? We can call it Mona for short. I'm like, oh, yes, let's do that. I yep. mean, we literally decided that in one of our living rooms during a informal board meeting. And to see that community grow. Mm -hmm. So that's another life lesson. I moved here knowing nobody. Right. I was desperate for friends. I had a two-year-old. I just, you know, when somebody was like, oh, there's a mom's group, I'm like, sign me up. Let me mm -hmm. go there. And because it's such a transient, I mean, this is what you do. You build homes. You right. People move. It's so great that they are able to find this community. And we mm -hmm. were just word of mouth, like on a playground. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you should join Mona. And this was when I was the membership uh, board member. Again, you know, I'm like, what's your address? Let me mail you a membership form. You can mail it back with a check mm -hmm. for $12. Like it yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now it's almost hard to even fathom. Right. But it, it's one of the things I'm still active in Mona. Mm -hmm. I have a 23-year-old now. I joke that I will be the first to start Gona, grandmothers of North <laughs> Arlington. But uh, not for a decade or so, listen, yeah. Lydia, if you're listening. Um, but I just think that, that sense of community, of finding others like you, mm has -hmm. just been so powerful. So, yeah, so that um, was a, a fantastic thing. But, you know, the stay-at-home thing got a little bit old for me, i got to tell you. So when my daughter went to kindergarten, I was like, okay, well, what do I want to be? What can I do? What can, you know? What can I do, and still be a a great wife and a great mom and a good friend? Um, and organizing in 2003 was just becoming mm -hmm. like people aware, being aware of it. And uh, so I thought, that's it. Everything that I done. I wasn't a brilliant costume designer. Mm -hmm. I could get things done on time and on budget. Mm -hmm. I wasn't an amazing salesperson, but I knew how much inventory I had and where I could find it. Mm -hmm. It was all, everything I had done was that I was successful in was because I was organized. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, I want to teach this to other people. When I started my business, they knew me as the toy tamer mm -hmm. because, of course, everybody had toys. Um, 
and I have a great system for helping people manage their toys. Um, kids or adults? Kids, kids toys. Kids toys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not just all, just yeah, saying. I know, it could right? Be, uh, yeah. So, um, but it, all to say, it, it's all just systems-based, mm-hmm. logic-based. So, so it was nice that I was able to teach people these skills. And the best compliment is when they'd be like, okay, well, we got it figured out. We don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, then my work here is done. I did my job right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, that was, it's been very, it's been very satisfying to help so many families and individuals um, locally. But then I got a little, I got not, I don't want to say bored, but I needed some more challenge. Mm-hmm. So I should have brought one to show you. In uh, 2016, I pitched this hanger that we used in my retail stores all throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a very unique hanger that holds skirts or trousers from inside the waistband mm-hmm. with gentle tension. And when I, when we moved back to America, I, I literally went to Bad Bath & Beyond. I'm like, you know, I need some of those stretchy hangers. I'm like, what are you talking about? So the next time I went, I brought one of mine with me. I'm like, I need one of these. They had never seen it. Wow. So it had always been in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And um, HSN in 2016 was having, I was accepted into their first American Dreams program because they wanted to bring unique products mm-hmm. to the Home Shopping Network. And it was an amazing three-day, Damon John came, mm-hmm. uh, symposium in in D.C. And so I... I was like, this is my, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the importer. I call them holding hangers. You can Mm -hmm. go to YouTube and look up holding hangers and see me um, pitching them. And it was fantastic. In fact, uh, on March 12th, 2020, I won a pitch contest and a $1,500 check to do with as I want because a company felt so strongly that my idea was brilliant. Wow. And then we know that then the world fell apart. I kind yeah. of think March 13th, that that Friday the 13th, yeah. was the day that everything turned upside down. Yeah, we were Thursday, March 12th. Yep. Yeah, yep. we have that date still written on our yep. wall in our office. That was the day I won my pitch contest, and yeah. the next day we had to go get my daughter from um, college. And all of a sudden, organizing we lit- legally couldn't go into people's homes only mm-hmm. if you were helping people move in mm-hmm. uh so there we sat but everybody started clearing out their closets mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i was selling hangers we would i they were in my basement we'd package them up we'd walk over to the ups store we'd literally throw the package in the store as so not to go in right and so I called my supplier. They're created, in, they're European, and um, my supplier in Sweden. And this was kind of end of April. And I thought to myself, okay, if organizing, if this is the end of my industry, this is what I'm going to do. I'm so glad I've already started. Mm-hmm. I've had two and a half years. I'm going to invest and get a container. I'm going to really go big or go home. Mm-hmm. I called Carl up. I'm like, Carl... I need a price for a container of hangers. And he said, Seeley, in his Swedish accent, he said, the factory's going out of business. Oh, no. And that was exact. I was like, what? Mm. This was my, 
alternative career. I've been working towards this for three and a half years. I said, well, let's see, ask them if I can buy the molds, and then maybe I can have maybe them made in China or someplace else. I really liked the European engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the molds weren't available. Mm. And so Bob Coleman, who's a, mem- who's a score advisor he- mm-hmm. here in Arlington, he, and this is my other lesson learned, find a mentor. Find someone who believes in you almost as much as you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And Bob Coleman believed in me. And he was coaching me throughout this entire process. And I called him up. And I said, Bob, I, I don't know what to do. I'm running out of inventory. I- and he said, well... He's like, tell me the problems. And I was like, like, my factory's closing. They won't sell me the molds. Mm -hmm. Global pandemic. Oh, and they won't let me trademark the name Holding Hanger either. And he said to me, he said, you know what, Seeley? He's like, if you had just one of those problems, you're clever. You could overcome that. Mm -hmm. But he said, you're telling me these four things. And I was like, oh, you're right. I need to shut down that business. And it wasn't until he echoed back to me that I realized how crazy it would be to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness, because now, what is it? If it used to, a container used to cost $2,000, it costs $20,000. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be sustainable. Sure. Thank gosh I got out of it before right. I had invested in a container fill. And so that was the lesson of having a, a, a trusted mentor um, to coach me. So here I am and it's, you know, May, 2020 and there's no organizing and there's no hangers. And I I was like, what, what am I going to do? I'm too young to retire. I've got a lot to offer. And it always frustrated me that I could only help people that I could drive to or fly to. I had some mm-hmm. of my clients send me to their holiday homes in Maine or Florida or mm-hmm. wherever. But I was limited by my time, right? It was in dollars for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I'm one of the highest-priced organizers in the D.C. metropolitan region, and still people know that they've gotten great value for their mm-hmm. money. But I sat and I thought, how could I teach this on a bigger scale? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how I know I've been successful. And people are like, you set us up great. Everything's labeled. Mm-hmm. We got this. We don't need you anymore. I'm like, great. I taught you how to do it. So because of silver linings of COVID, be, all of a sudden we're all on Zoom. We're all understanding that we can, you know, I got all of my education hours. I learned so much because I was stuck at home with my computer. Mm-hmm. I thought, Maybe I could do that. So that's the, that's my eighth career. I've reinvented myself yet again, and now I am an organizing expert and educator, and I'm launching online courses. Wonderful. Yeah. And is that a, that's a separate website? Yes, that's the SeelyCauley.com. Gotcha. So gotcha. so yeah, so it's um, I've launched my first course to over seventy people. Mm. It's happening right now. Uh, it's been fantastic. Wonderful. I've got people from California to literally England. Wow. And you know, it's um, it's super satisfying. I have a copyrighted method of paper management, mm-hmm. and everybody's got. You know, they said we were going to be a paper free society. Right. They lied. They did lie. They lied. <laughs> and so and so, I'm able to help people 
my goal is to eventually help a million people worldwide. Wow, that's a pretty you know? impressive goal. I, I mean, I'm going to live for at least another 40 years, so mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's exciting. So I, I've turned the challenges that I've faced in my career, um, and I could I could just stay organizing. I know you're in the home business. Home mm-hmm. business is booming right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's stuck at home, they desperate to get organized. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather refer that business out to my colleagues who are right. starting their businesses and really go in 100% on this new endeavor. So uh, it's an exciting time, I think. Mm-hmm. It uh, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna take a quick, that okay. was a wonderful story. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was really great. I enjoyed hearing all that. We're going to take a quick break. Great. And uh, we will be back with uh, more from Seeley Cauley. Thank you. So welcome back. We're still chatting with Seeley Cauley. So uh, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. I'm enjoying uh, hearing your uh, your stories. They're great. So tell us, um, what uh, tips would you give young adults who are considering your career path? Oh, I, I think that this is fantastic. And I, I'm a mentor to a lot of new organizers. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, something that I really enjoy doing. I'm really proud of because... What I tell them all is it doesn't matter if you're an organizer, a baker, or a candlestick maker. You're a business owner, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you need to approach this from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the problem in this kind of gig economy. Um, Anybody can be an organizer. I'm kind of organized. I'll organize your closet. Mm -hmm. And they price themselves at rates that are less than you know, a cleaner. I'm like, this is a skill. This is something that people will pay for that they should be paying for Mm -hmm. but you have to approach this as a business you need to you know either you have to establish a business entity you need to get a business license you need to separate your personal and business finances from the very beginning you need to know your metrics know your numbers know your your profit percentage all of these things and people look at me and they're like ah like then maybe you're not cut out Right, 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 right. You need to approach it as a business for it to be successful. My business was extraordinarily successful. Mm-hmm. I was in, you know, well over six figures right. for the last five years. Even in, I had an astounding first quarter in 2020 right. and then kind of brought things back. Even in that year, I right. did over $100,000 um, because I I. I know my value, I know my worth, and I charge it. Mm -hmm. And I also come at it from a service perspective. So not only you're a business person, Mm -hmm. you need to delight, astound, you know, you need to, organizing is not that complicated. Right. Anybody can do it, right? But you need to, uh, you know, one of the things I offer is labels for life. Right. Um, And I'm just like, because my label maker is quite unique and it makes slightly different size labels because mm-hmm. it's one that I purchased in 2003. I literally have to get them on eBay now because wow. I can't use a different label maker. <laughs> so I'm like, just send me a picture. I'll make you labels easy enough to put in the mail mm-hmm. because, you know, you need to, I think you do this in your business. You need to go above and beyond, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Walt Disney, the one is like, well, how can we plus it? What, what extra level can you give? Mm-hmm. And so I'm 
you know, forever. Even now, my clients are like, oh, what would you recommend for this narrow closet door? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have the solution for you. Here's the link. Mm-hmm. Because you're not the only one with a narrow closet door. I've already figured this out, and I'm mm-hmm. happy to share my knowledge. So to circle back, if I think that this is a fantastic business to get into. And there's some young organizers. I know a couple of people right out of college who have started organizing businesses, but they realize they're starting a business. So they should be taking business classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, business classes and organizing classes, productivity classes should all be taught as basic things. Right. In Because n- look at us. We've both had eight careers. Mm-hmm. Nobody does the sign up for General Electric and work their way up that's what our parents did. It's right. you know, my I grew up in Endicott, New York, home of IBM. Both my mom and dad were IBM. You know, from the day they started, my father got out of World War II, went to IBM, retired 40 years later. Mm-hmm. Right. Same with mm-hmm. my mom. But that's unheard of for us. Right. Um, unheard of for the certainly the younger generation. So find a mentor. That's the lesson I've learned all the mm-hmm. way through. Find a mentor. I'm happy to be a mentor to, to the people coming up mm-hmm. and giving them really honest advice. Score is a great resource, but treat it like a business and mm-hmm. know your numbers and set yourself goals. You have to set yourself goals. It's just not kind of like, well, if the phone rings, I'll go work. Mm-hmm. How are you going to make that happen? Right. You know, I've I've been lucky. I have never had to advertise mm-hmm. in my entire career. That's wonderful. Because word of mouth, Yelp now it's Yelp reviews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People hear about me on Nextdoor. Uh, women run this town. I've never been running in my life, but somebody must have said something really nice about me on their listserv once because wow. I hear from those lovely ladies all the time. Wow, that's you know, great. It's the power of good word of mouth. But you can't just wait for the phone to ring. So I think in everything, and you know this as well, you have to be a marketer. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm a course creator. I hope to teach my organizing method to people worldwide, but I have to market to them for mm-hmm. them to even hear about it. How right. are they going to find out about it? Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So, so taking marketing courses is another... N- you know, but the young people, they're so good with the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter was home and she's like, this is how you do Instagram, mom. I'm still not quite sure about it, but luckily I also <laughs> have a fantastic virtual assistant that helps me with that. Yeah, so, that's great. So, yeah. So, so what kind of crazy things have you run into when you've been out there organizing? You have got to have a story or two. So, you know, I tell people that I don't care as long as it's not illegal drugs or loaded weapons, mm-hmm. I, you can have whatever you want. But um, I did have a client, and you know, we usually start in the kitchen. But she's like, "I'd really, I need a good night's sleep. I am not sleeping, Celie. I'm just like uh, insomnia up all night." I'm like, "Okay, well, bedroom's important too." So we get into her bedroom, and there's a couple of. Um, Things that are just, you know, oh, they had too many screens and, um, you know, they, it was cluttered and a mess. And so, and I'm not a feng shui person, but I was kind of like, well, what do you have under your bed? What's all this? She's like, oh, it's my husband's samurai sword collection. I'm like, that could be why you're not sleeping very deeply <laughs> because you're literally sleeping over blades. And they had a, a big linen closet 
mm-hmm. full of linens. And the reason why the swords were on the bed, they were too long to go anyplace else. I'm like, let's just switch this. Let's put your, you know, off-season linens, soft and fluffy, mm-hmm. under your bed. Let's put the samurai swords in that linen closet with maybe a lock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and let's just see. And, of course, we got rid of the screens and we tidied up. And to this day, she's like, you fixed me. She's like, I sleep like a baby. So were the swords like in between the mattresses? They were just under the bed, but wow. you could like see them under the bed. It was yeah. so, so it's crazy things like that. I mean, I've that seen, is crazy. Yeah. You know, I've seen all kinds of things, costumes and collections. Mm-hmm. Um, people are very interesting and, mm-hmm. and, and I also feel privileged and lucky that they have been vulnerable enough sure. to invite me into their homes to say, I can't manage this. Mm-hmm. And I always say to them, you know, it's not you. Your parents couldn't have taught you how to manage this. Mm-hmm. Your parents didn't have the ability to buy this much. Right. There weren't so many goods. There were, you know. It used to be you get mail and it would be a postcard from your grandmother, mm-hmm. a bill, and a newspaper. Now we're inundated. It's so, crazy. It yeah. Is. yeah. So I say to people, don't feel that you're lacking. Mm-hmm. You just were never taught because you couldn't have been taught. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we're dealing with so many other things. But um, the samurai swords jump out as one of those things because the other things I can't really talk sure. about. Sure. No, so. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. So so obviously you're an organizer and you have experience organizing homes. And I, I build homes with Stanley Martin. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to think about when you're trying to organize a floor plan around people, uh, how people live. So you know, for the folks that are listening that are that are building a new home, which our buyers can either customize a home or they can take one of our homes already designed and just build it. What kind of tips do you have for folks um, that that are that are designing a new home? Or you can also add to this and or what what kind of tips do you have for getting moved into your home because you said what did you say earlier move in perfection uh, yeah move in perfection yeah yeah so great question so a couple of things that uh, trends that i'm seeing is that no matter what homes aren't built with enough storage space and one mm-hmm. of the things i'm trying to design in because i have i do some consulting on new home builds or renovations is um almost creating a a boxing room mm-hmm. a place where close to wherever the Amazon boxes are coming in. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something 10 years ago, you'd get an occasional package in the mail. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but I never go into a real store. Even now I can. Right. Why would I when it's so much easier just to order something? It is. Um, You're right. Yeah. Because half the time they don't have what you want when you get in there. And our time is so valuable. You know, I don't know what you chart, what you're hourly rate is but it's much cheaper for me to order something so Mm -hmm. and I think that that's true with so many people worldwide so it's creating some type of large closet Mm -hmm. that these boxes can go into (laughs) next to an entryway there's sometimes a trend with these new open plan floor bills that um, there's no coat closet or anything. Right, um, right. Yeah, you're right. You're and right, then yeah. also just putting, and I'm sure you do this, uh, plugs 
in every closet, lights in every closet. When mm-hmm. I go into a new home and I open a closet and a light doesn't automatically come on, mm-hmm. I'm appalled. Right. And if there's not a plug in there that I can put a Dustbuster, mm-hmm. a Roomba, a Dyson, again, I'm appalled. Mm-hmm. It, it takes so little to add that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so those are some things that I'm telling people. If you can customize, you're never going to be wishing you had no one ever wishes they're like oh i have way too much storage space right everybody's right. like i need more storage space right um so if that can be built in at the beginning that's great i love considering truly adjustable shelving in every space mm-hmm. whether it's a kitchen a pantry a closet a linen closet mm-hmm. um so often i see builders will put 17 inches from mm-hmm. the shelf heights like there's nothing in a pantry that's 17 inches mm-hmm. except for maybe a KitchenAid mixer, which people are going to have on their counter because they're like a showpiece. Right. So think about, you know, the largest cereal box is only mm-hmm. 13 inches. Mm-hmm. So if the heights are adjustable, then we can fit a lot more in. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that I always encourage my clients to question and ask about. Mm-hmm. And if it... You know, they're like, well, that's a little upgrade. I'm like, that's an upgrade that's going to be worth it. They're all they're all worth it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and it's you know, I've built many homes uh, for for myself over the years, and all the little things that you spend money on, you really appreciate it when you're living in the home. You you do, and not only that, you'll get your investment back when you sell mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. So I do think sometimes it's uh, it's penny wise and pound foolish. I, I had a client who moved into the Watergate million dollar home they spent ten thousand dollars on us getting them moved in she mm-hmm. said that was one percent of the cost of our home right but we now we can enjoy our home right. she said it it was absolutely worth every penny mm-hmm. and i you know and so i think that people need to have a, again a much bigger picture mm-hmm. uh, you know instead of being penny wise pound foolish mm-hmm. type of idea um but no, I, I think with new home builds, more storage, um, mudrooms, and, and looking at, um, at angles. So I had a client, beautiful home, from their dining room table, because it was an open plan, you could see all the way through to the mudroom. Mm. I'm like, when I'm doing fine dining, when you're, you do not want to, it was just, they just, they didn't do the floor plan right. right. They could have... And you don't want a door every time you're going in and out of the mudroom. Right. So it was just like, oh, if only somebody had stopped to think mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Uh, sight lines um, mm-hmm. and things like that. Sometimes those things. I'm like, oh, we could that could have been fixed. But now it can't because that house has been built and mm-hmm. those walls aren't moving. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, those are t- some of the things I I, I want people to be aware of. Right. So so how do you approach, so when, when somebody moves into a new home, how do you approach move-in perfection? Oh, um, yeah. So I look at the plans because as, again, everything, I was a set designer. Mm-hmm. I understand a floor plan. Mm-hmm. I, not every organizer does, but I do. I understand, you know, you're going to open your kitchen drawer and it's going to measure 19 and three quarters inches because mm-hmm. that's the standard measurement. Mm-hmm. So I understand those concepts. So I can apply those ideas to your kitchen. So I right. can look at your kitchen plan um, and say, okay, that's a uh, 30 inch wide. We'll be able to fit 
three sets of plates, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. whatever the case might mm-hmm. be. It's just like shoes. Shoes take up nine inches. So don't give me a 30-inch shelf for shoes because that's only going to be two and a half pair of shoes. Right. Right? Make it 36. Like, just it's basic math. I always say— Oh, it say, depends on what size the shoe is, I know. Right, it? right. It does. It does. Unless you've got really tiny feet. Right, right. Um, and again, if— How, you, how long is the shelf? A 14-inch depth. Depth, But you want to make it uh, at least in 9 to 10-inch increments. Right, right, right. right. And adjustable because shoe heights vary. Yes. Um, For the ladies. For the men as well. Men, there's high-top sneakers. That's true. You know, there's boots, all kinds. If it's adjustable, it doesn't matter who lives there. I brand-new build in Vienna, beautiful clients, multi-million dollar home in the primary female closet there was no long hanging Hmm. it's as if she did not own a dress and even if she didn't own a dress we all have these long fashionable cardigans right right so she had to at great expense rip out what the builder had put in Mm -hmm. have it all patched up and had a beautiful install Mm -hmm. done which we could customize and she used my advice and it's Mm -hmm. gorgeous but if only the builder had just thought about it right. or just said, okay, let me give you a credit. You go ahead and put a beautiful closet in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, spending yeah. that little bit extra. And I know, you know, when you've just moved in, it's like everything costs a million dollars. But you have to be able to function. Mm-hmm. Where could she have put her dresses? She's right, like, right. they literally were across the hallway in her daughter's closet. Mm-hmm. So That's no good. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> not going to help her get dressed in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, one of the challenges with building a new home is everybody runs out of money. You know, every buyer has a dream and every buyer has a budget and the dream is always bigger than the budget. And I think things like decks and, you know, closet organizers and garage, uh, you know, epoxy on the garage floor and nice, nice organizational things in the garage. They cost the same if you do it with a builder when you're building or if you do it after. And I think a lot of people just run out of money. Uh and, and they intend to come back to it. But that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of the builders don't um, put them in because it's going to drive the price higher. And it is pretty personal, I think, too. I agree. I on, agree. On the, uh, on the closet uh, organizers. But they are nice. You know, I do appreciate when my uh, closet is uh, organized and you've got drawers in there. And- yeah, that you can just go into. Because especially in, in the beautiful homes you're building, a, a closet is going to measure at least 12 by 12. That's the size mm-hmm. of a standard bedroom in my house. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, you know, if it's a closet that big, you're going to want to be able to walk in there and fully get dressed. You don't want to have to walk into another room to get your mm-hmm. underwear or socks. Mm-hmm. You want some drawers in there. And so mm-hmm. it is, it's, um, I think, well, and this is where I always tell people, I'm like, put your money where you spend your time, right? Mm-hmm. So you spend, you, you spend your time in your kitchen. We mm-hmm. all have to get dressed in the morning, even yep. if it's just putting on sweats to jump on a Zoom call, mm-hmm. right? So you don't ha- spend time in your garage, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to spend time in your storage space in the basement. Right. So those can come afterward. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's always kitchens, 
bathrooms, mm-hmm. closets, mm-hmm. pretty much in that order. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Seely, anything else you want to add? This has been a great oh conversation. Oh, my gosh. I've no, a lot. this has been delightful. Um, no, I just, I, I think that if anybody's interested, they can go to SeelyCauley.com. Mm-hmm. My uh, course is called The Paper Cleanse, and it's how we take people from clutter and chaos to clarity and calm. Mm-hmm. I teach them how to get rid of the pesky piles and the frustrating files for a lifetime of paper organization. And it's no scanning needed. So if they're kind of a digital dinosaur like I am, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, oh, scan it all, because that's not realistic. So it's a, it's a, we're having a lot of fun, and I'll be opening up the course probably again later this year. Fantastic. Well, Seely, thank you so much for coming in. Greatly enjoyed uh, chatting with you today. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Take care.